welcome to episode 30 of the Say Something podcast. We are Cubba D Alive, everybody, from uh, our houses, because that's what we do now. But yes. we are thrilled to welcome once again our number one listener, Evan, who's here for part two as we discuss the Britney Spears documentary that they're airing on Hulu. Now, for anybody going to look for this, it was a little more difficult to find than I anticipated. Did anybody else find this? Yeah, you know, it was a little weird because um, it's underneath the, the what's it, the Washington Post or whatever? Or is it Newsweek? Oh, I no, guess wait, I, no, no, no. It's I New guess York. I should have had that it's in the New York Times. By the way, don't <laughs> listen ready. to anything we say. It looks like maybe it aired on FX or it's uh, New York Times Presents Framing right. Britney Spears. It, Yep. Yep. And it says, it says you can, you can watch it on FX now. So if you don't have Hulu, there's another avenue for you to watch it. So far it's gotten a 7.1 out of 10. What were your initial thoughts, you guys? I was at the time not really following, you know, tabloid sort of stuff closely. So I was kind of surprised at how, how tough it was for her. I mean, I know this documentary is making her a very sympathetic person, but, um, you know, to, to revisit how just how brightly the the spotlight was shining on her really took me back to that era, and um, yeah, it really made me feel for her. I'm gonna I'm gonna echo that because you know here again. I think I, I mentioned I, I did mention this on the on the last episode. I was not a huge Britney fan. I appreciate the showmanship and the talent and the, you know, you know look, to sing and dance and, and choreography for basically hours while you perform live and to keep crowds engaged is no simple feat, right. you know? So uh, just from that, you get kudos for me. And then, uh, you know, to be of sound, what I think is pretty sound mind. And when you, when you listen, especially to the commentators, on how they they now react to these things, it is uh, it's obvious, even from the paparazzi perspective, that these people were just all over her twenty four seven. Like she probably felt suffocated. Oh, at, totally. At, at, to the point where, yeah, you know, we looked at it. Uh, we looked at it at the time, and when she shaved her head and got the tattoo and did all that crazy stuff, as being, hey, she's lost her mind. But now in retrospect, it's really easy to see she was actually revolting against this weird media system, which is we'll just follow somebody around and make up stories, take no. pictures. If there's something not there, we'll just make it up. And a picture is worth a thousand words, even whether whether a thousand words are true or not. And not to give away too many of the things that are in the documentary, but the moment where they did show that episode of the game show where the questions were surrounding her life like what did she lose this past year her uh sanity i mean the, uh, can you imagine being her and tuning into that and that's what is fodder for a game show i mean yeah that was that was family feud and yeah. um I, it was chilling to think about the way they were just using her as a, a, just for the sensationalism of it. Yeah. You know, the head shaving thing, I saw sort of like two angles on that. I wonder if the head shaving part of it was just you people have turned me into this thing, right? I bet she had moments where she couldn't even identify who she was anymore. And what's the best way to strip that away that somebody can physically see? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You have so no control over anything, you know, it's something that she did to herself but to just express this frustration you know trying to break the cycle well and you can't help but be a little steered by this wondering what exactly is her dad's 
motive in all of this. He's paid about $130,000 annually by the estate just for the for managing this. And then 1.5% of the revenue from the Las Vegas residency. Well, the other thing that I find incredibly fascinating about this, and of course, you and I, Glenna, talked about this, and Evan, I'd like to get your opinion on this, that there are actually podcasts just dedicated to Britney Spears. So Britney's Graham is a podcast. uh, That's all they talk about. And those two, the two, it's fascinating to me that these, and and I I don't mean this in a mean way, but, but these two, that's all they talk about. Like there's nothing else. We're going to just talk about where's Britney and what's going on. And I, I applaud them, but at some point, maybe even this is too much for Britney, right? You know, yeah, you want to free her and you want to help her, but at what point is too much, just too much overload on everything? Can't we just like retract? I think it was, who was it? Oh, it was Mike, Mike, Michael Moore um, on the one show there yeah. in, the, in the thing. He even says, why don't we just leave her alone? Yep. Like, yeah. why don't we just not talk about her? Um, exactly. And that was actually one of the more chilling moments in it is that like this guy like made sense to me and said, let's just let her live her life. Yeah. I mean, what a concept, right? <laughs> I, you, you know, I mean, the two ladies, uh, Barbara Gray and Tess Barker, who have the Britney's Graham podcast. Now, I don't know what they were talking about before things took a turn. And, you know, they talk about now they're looking for clues in every Instagram post because previously there was a, a dark period where she wasn't posting. And then one of the things she did post because they were so well acquainted with with what her social media looked like. They said, well, she used an emoticon. She never uses those. She always uses emojis. So I don't know if they were trying to hint at the fact that maybe somebody had taken over her account for her while she was institutionalized and they were posting, pretending to be her and making it look like she was a-okay. I don't know. What did you make of that, Evan? That is what I thought. Yes, that they, you know, they didn't come right out and say it, but they're like, oh, she wouldn't do that. And, right. you know, so in this dark period, they're like, okay, someone got her phone or, or they access access codes so they could post something and act like, you know, she was telling people that she was okay. So it leaves everybody wondering, is she, was she institutionalized against her will? Was she for it? There are just so many things that nobody knows about, but I think overall, a lot of people are just really concerned about her welfare. Well, and, so I would and, say I'm, I'm going to give this documentary a thumbs up. Even yes. if you're not a Britney fan, I find it fascinating from just a perspective of understanding, <clears throat> you know, everybody thinks that they want to be famous. And everybody thinks that they want to, you know, they want to be in the limelight. Right. But this is a, a great example of, you know, be careful what you wish for. There's an old, there's an, there's an old question that they say, would you rather be rich or famous? And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that I would rather just be rich. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 live, and live, live in obscurity and do what I want to do without people chasing me around and, and flashing cameras in front of me. Evan, would you rather be rich or famous? Um, no I judgment guess here, by the way. If you I want to be say, famous, come I right say, out. I would say rich as well. <laughs> okay, and Glenn? yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. No, rich. Um, and have nobody know who I am. <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> you mean like right now, Glenn? Yes, right now. I mean, except for minus, so minus, things, minus the rich nobody part. Nobody knows who we are, except for our loyal fans who oh, tune in. We're just and hopefully rich. laugh at everything we say. We're rich with listeners. Exactly. You know, I think in the documentary, that woman, Felicia, that she tried to explain what her relationship was to Brittany. And, you know, they called her an assistant after her, you know, just being sort of a family friend who was watching out for Brittany or 
sort of a chaperone right yeah early on they were calling her a chaperone Mm -hmm. um but you know later they revisited let me remind you that she's a performer and this is what she loves to do and you can feel you know she feels the love of her fans on stage and she comes alive on stage and so to think about the rich versus famous thing well she as shown as from a young age she had that star quality and you know wanted to perform it and the spotlight on her on stage but as we know the spotlight does not go off once you leave the stage and in right. her case it became incredibly focused on her to the point where it was you know really affecting her personal life exactly well well, our hearts and prayers go out to Brittany. Hey. <laughs> that, that sounded so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tots and pears for Brittany. I was thinking also about having seen the documentary about Whitney Houston. And you have a performer who, like in Whitney's case, and it seemed like somewhat with Brittany that, you know, so much of the steering of this image and, you know, the, a product that you're selling. And when, you know, behind the scenes, this person is not what is being sold. So to sort of... Um, focus, you know, as they talked about the conservatorship that, you know, getting her back to work, you know, to become that money machine again, but you know, how how much authenticity is there of what she would like to to do creatively versus what is what sells. There are so many layers to it. It's definitely worth a watch. We give it a thumbs up. consider Evan to be a law abiding kind of guy, but I found out recently that he may have gone to the dark side. Something about when you went swimming recently. Evan, what happened? (laughs) Yes. You know, I am not by nature a rule breaker, but last week I was like, you know, I need to do something physical. I've been iffy about going to the gym during the pandemic and I've sort of, I've gone a few times lately. So last Friday, I'm like, I'm going, and it was late, later in the afternoon. And I get to the gym intending to swim. That's all I I brought clothing for. So I get out of the locker room, you know, walking to the pool and I discover this tether across the hallway. And there's a sign that says the lifeguard is on break from four to four 30. And and this is at like four Oh two. And I would like to swim and I would not like to wait 28 minutes in my, my bathing suit standing there. Um, and I'm like, well, what will they do to me if I just swim anyway? So that's what I did. I, I, I did. I, I ducked under that tether and I'm like, well, we'll see what happens. Did you and, look uh, around furtively glancing for onlookers before you did it? Or did you just go for it? Not caring who was around? It's sort of off to the side. So I, there were some people that were in the adjacent fitness area, but I couldn't really see them from, from the end of the pool. So I just started and and as I swam, I thought about what would I say to someone if someone from the gym, someone if the authorities come and they say, What are you doing? You know, how yeah. you, know, you shouldn't be swimming. And I thought, well, oh, I know. I'll tell them that just make a joke of it and say, Oh, I was voted least likely to drown. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> That's very, that is very clever, Evan. So I did my laps and I thought, oh, I, you know, I'm getting close to the time and I, uh, the 4.30 end of the, the lifeguards break. And I'm like, well, he'll be coming along here at some point. And so at 4.25, I could see out of, you know, as you're swimming and your head's down, I could see uh, uh, some movement, some guys sort of waving and making some noise. So I stopped and he's like, oh, you shouldn't be swimming here. You know, you can't be swimming here when I'm on break. Something could happen to you. And of course I was not funny. I was sheepish and I I was like, oh, sorry. I sort of acted like I was going to stop swimming at that point. I said, like, well, it's, you know, at this point, don't worry about <laughs> <Back>. it. <laughs> Whatever. Um, was, this, was this lifeguard a, a younger person than 
than you, Evan, or was he older? I'm going to say he was just a little bit older. Oh, I was thinking he was some young whippersnapper. <laughs> no, and I, I almost would think that given this gym, I would think probably the young people would be much, would care a lot less. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I know at least you could give side eye to somebody who's younger, but somebody who's older, you think you're back in school and it's like the librarian yelling at you for being too loud or something. Yeah. You know, I'm just trying to think of if I've ever done anything like that. And the only thing I can think of is growing up, we were near a public pool that you had to pay admission to get into like the park first before you could get in and pay like your 50 cents to go swim. And we would park outside of the property and we would walk through this little path people had carved in the woods because apparently everybody did this and we would (laughs) we would avoid paying like the four dollars or whatever it was to get into the park and then we just go pay our 50 cents to swim but i think uh, evan's a little bit more of a a risk taker (laughs) (laughs) well evan look evan paid his dues and so uh he i I feel that he He was shamed publicly yeah (laughs) well you know look it's weird that in the middle of the day that they would take a break like that and there wouldn't be somebody that could just watch it for a half an hour but I won't, we won't go there. Glenna, as far as yeah. you ducking, ducking through the woods to avoid the $4, <laughs> I would totally do that too. I know so, you would. I know yeah, you yeah, would. I, that's, in fact, I remember, <laughs> so when I lived in Germany, when I was a young teen, there was a public pool. They're very popular. And um, we would, uh, we would walk uh, down along the far edge and there was a hole in the fence and you would scoot <laughs> underneath there. And then you'd pretend, you know, that you had been there the whole day. Uh, So yeah, totally (laughs) the same thing. At least we did pay admission to the pool, but yeah, the park. Oh yeah, no, we didn't pay anything when I did it, but, but I have, I have a real, I have a doozy. So wait, I I can just picture you going with, you'd like, okay, let's get our hair wet first. So it looks like we've been swimming at the pool. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What's your doozy? So this is a doozy. So this, this actually went on. This is something that I did all the time. I mean, Evans is kind of a one-off scenario and you, you know, you may have done it, um, I don't know, a handful of times, but when I was, so I was a, I was a geek in, in high school. So I was an audiovisual geek mm-hmm. and I actually got a hold. Were you in of, the basement of the science building? No, I wasn't in a basement. <laughs> I was on this, I was in this, I was in the secret audio. So first of all, the coolest thing about being in the AV club was we had cable television in the AV room. No way. And we, and we would never, I would never eat in the cafeteria. I would go and have lunch in the AV room and we would watch MTV. That's awesome. Yeah. I have to know. I have to know. Did you have to wheel the projector down the hall? Of course. (laughs) I delivered uh, VHS machines and film projectors and overhead projectors. Oh yeah. But so here's the story. I got a hold of the master key for the entire school. Oh, so I had access to every single room, including the principal's office. Oh yes. Yes. I I would have had fun with that. Oh my goodness. I was a high school prankster. Well, you, you have to kind of be a little careful because mm-hmm. you don't want to, you don't want to a lose that privilege. Yeah. Uh, plus you also don't want to get caught. And there are many secret places in the school to be if you have this key that you can have access to. And uh, only a few select people knew that I had it. <laughs> one, one weekend I get a phone call. Somebody forgot a school book or something in their locker. We actually broke into school because I had the key. Yeah. I said, I'm going to let you in. I'm going to wait by this door. And if you're not back here in basically three minutes, you're on your own. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and yeah. And we did. We, 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 I, I stood by the door. We did the same scenario that you did, which is we parked way away from the school and we hiked in through the back 
back fields, you know, the, 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 the whole field. And we wound up getting in, getting this person's stuff. That was a little too hairy for me. I wasn't really into breaking the, breaking the rules that much. But, oh, by the way, we used to break into the auditorium and play Frisbee in the auditorium in the middle of the wintertime. Wait, wait. <laughs> Which was awesome. Were there people at the school at this time or did you just go? Oh, to- yeah. You know, oh, okay. Well, but they would lock the auditorium if it wasn't being used. But I had a key. So I, oh. would, go, I would go in through the, um, you know, where they, they have all the, the sound boards and the lighting boards up, in, mm-hmm. up above. Yep. I would go in there and walk way down a, a second flight of stairs to the back. And I would open up one of the back doors and let all my buddies in. And we would play Frisbee at lunchtime in the auditorium. <laughs> it was awesome. We, a couple of us would stand on stage and then the other ones would, would stand out in the, audi- in the audience and we would throw Frisbees. We had two or three of them going at the same time. Oh, yeah. Oh. We did all kinds of crazy stuff. I'm not that big of a rule breaker, yeah. but. You know, that was that was fun. It wasn't hurting anybody much like Evan's scenario. And, you know, nobody got hurt. No harm, no foul. I did things in high school like so our gym, they would almost always have the divider closed. It would be girls gym on one side and boys gym on the other side. And our teacher really got into men at work when that album came out. (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and aerobics was a new thing at that point. It was, ah. it was the early to mid eighties. She would put on this and we would have to do aerobics. Well, we thought this was the dumbest thing ever invented. <laughs> so we would somehow slink out of her view and up the stairs to the balcony. Mm-hmm. We would army crawl across that. So she couldn't see us. <laughs> and then, and then we, we would army crawl to the boys' side of the gym and we would just watch what they were doing. You know, they'd be wrestling or you know, whatever they were doing over there. It was far more interesting than uh, who can it be now for the 20th time. Wait a second. How, how, yeah. how many of these? It's just you and how many people? Uh, just one. Just one. Oh, so it's just two of you. Oh, yeah. But it wasn't half of the class disappearing. You made it sound like it was like you and a gaggle of folks. And I'm thinking to myself, how is this person missing all this? Oh, well, no. Yeah. Since it was only two of us. No, she, she never noticed. She was too into the men at work. She wasn't noticing. She was so into the men at work. You guys, it was. I come from my land down under. (laughs) For years. I could not hear that album. I'm like, no. And I finally got into a place where I'm like, yeah, okay. I guess it was okay. They were pretty talented dudes. All right. Well, so Evan is not a criminal at heart, but you know, I guess we've all done things that maybe we shouldn't advertise that we've done, but no harm. You don't no fault, want our right? kids to hear about it. Is that what you're saying? That's kind of what I'm saying. Eric, last time you talked about decluttering and you assured us you would tell us part two. Now you watched the documentary Minimalist. The I think. Minimalist. Ted and I watched it. Oh, what'd you think? So it was interesting. Honestly, I think they could have given us all that same information in about half the time. I, yes. feel, like they, I feel like they, <laughs> I like the concept. Now, the part that I struggled with was I wanted to hit rewind and say, did he really just say, get rid of one thing on day one, two things on day two? three things on day three, because I don't know about you, but after you've gotten to like 15, the next day, can you really find 16 more things? The next day, can you really find 17 additional things to get rid of? Well, you know what? It's interesting. I, I, found, I, I found myself questioning that same scenario. So at some point you're going to just, you know, you're not going to have anything else. So yeah. I, have, I have a lot of pens. It's going to be you and like a spoon. So. <gasps> can you count? Now, if you can count pens individually, I'm, I'm all over it. Well, I mean, come on. At some point, yeah, look, uh, you can you can count whatever you want. It's your game. It's right. like, <laughs> right. As a friend of mine once said, if you have the ball, you get to make the rules. Evan, do Evan, you have a pen drawer? Um, I definitely could get rid of some things myself. I think like Eric, I think of myself 
myself as a keeper more than a hoarder, but I do find it a bit hard to let go of things. Yeah, I keep thinking I'm going to get rid of a bunch of clothes. That hasn't really happened yet. I know earlier in the pandemic, people were cleaning out closets and, and making great headway, and I haven't quite gotten to that yet. Maybe one of these days. Eric and I have talked a lot about this group that they have on Facebook in different towns where it's the buy nothing or whatever they're calling it, where you just post things saying, hey, whoever wants this, just DM me and let me know. And they get them carted away. They know they're being used. I guess I like the thought of something like that, where you know they're going somewhere that they're going to be used as opposed to landing in a donation center where you're not really sure where it's going. Because ideally, we don't want to throw them away. We want to have them find a second life somewhere, right? The three R's. I think you got to concentrate on the three R's. Reduce, reuse, and recycle, right? Sure. So in, in that opportunity, if you're analyzing what you can do with something, is there a possibility to reuse it or recycle it? I always default to that first. And right. Evan, like you said, I think we all have clothes. I mean, I have so many t-shirts, but I, they have sentimental meaning to me now. Like yeah. I, I remember, I remember when certain things happened when I wore them or, you know, and I wish I had saved, maybe it's good that I didn't save all the concert t-shirts. Not that I went to that many concerts, but have, had I had them now, they probably would be worth money. That's the other trap is that I've heard older people than me say, well, that's worth money. Yes. And my, and my, <laughs> and my default back to them is like, yeah, somebody will buy it, but who's going to buy that thing that's 25 years old? And yeah, it's in new condition, but it's still 25 years old. I definitely have things I regret getting rid of. That said, I did have friends help me one time when I was about to move and they got rid of things and they said, well, we did ditch some things and we're not telling you what they were. We, <laughs> we just really, and they just, I, I'm hoping it was things like extra rolls of wrapping paper. <laughs> I know some of the things they got rid of. They told me categories, but to this day, I still regret somebody out there has one of my radio station jackets that has my name on it. Oh, I'm, I'm a little sad. I got rid of that jacket because yeah. I don't know. It would have been a good keepsake, but I was of the mindset. What am I ever going to do with this? I mean, I'm the girl who went and sold her wedding dress like a couple months after my wedding. So I'm like, why am I keeping this? You know, well, you you're keep, smart. Well, you think, okay, a lot of people save them for their kids. Well, am I ever going to have a daughter? If I do have a daughter, will she ever be caught dead in this? Right? Like, would she even <laughs> have? Would she have any interest? in this. So I thought, Did your, wait, 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 hold on. Yeah. Hold on. I can't remember what your wedding dress looked like. Did it have puffy sleeves? No, there was not a puff in sight. Not, no, well, it, actually, good, it was actually a very nice uh, off the shoulder gown that I, I liked a lot, but I don't think it's worth storing when you're never going to wear it again. You know what yeah. I mean? I don't know. It just seems silly. Stuff like that. I guess maybe I'm a little, I get rid of a little too freely. If, I, if, I think anytime you can take advantage of that, that momentum to do it, you should, because more times than none, and maybe Evan, you can chime in on this if you, if you have any strong feelings, but I believe that we get situated or seated in one spot and to move and to, to actually make the effort sometimes is, is just overwhelming. You just need that little kick to kind of get you, get your rolling. And once you get doing it, that's why I think these guys from the show, the minimalists have something kind of going is, is that they want to keep the momentum going by saying, okay, one and two and three. And yeah, oh, yeah. think yeah. about it. And, okay. So on day 15, maybe only get rid of 13 things. It's okay. Just keep the momentum going. I, I've mentioned to you, Glenna, before I have a friend and at the holidays, we she does a pirate bingo for the whole family, the whole gathering. It's a big gathering and you play the game and as you get prizes or as you, you know, as you win, you can take a wrapped gift 
out of this pile, but they're white elephant gifts, AKA many things that are out of people's basements and attics. Of course. So it can be pretty fun and funny or like, oh gosh, is this a candle? Or, um, you know, people like their old cassette tapes as have happened. But I actually had found in a drawer, a set, like a new set of pens from my, had it been in my grandmother's house these gold, they were like, not gold, gold, but they were, you know, vintage. And and I'm like, I'm going to, you know, put these in that gift exchange. I'm going to go get, you know, a new pen refill, put them in the gift exchange. Yeah, so yeah. they'll have, the, and I went to the trouble and I discovered that these refills that I purchased would not fit in these little slender <laughs> pens. And I thought, here I was trying to do something, a creative way of getting rid of this. And it just didn't work out. Just give them the dead pens. All right. And on that note, can I just say that I'm really bitter about the fact that people call items from our era vintage. I don't want to hear that the headphones I wore in the late 80s, early 90s are vintage. Thanks. (laughs) All right. So I think it's time for a 60 second rant. 60 second rant, 60 second rant, 60 second rant. It's time for the 60 second rant. I want to rant today about people who say words incorrectly. And I wish I thought of more examples. <laughs> I wish I were more prepared for class today. Here's, here's one of my biggest ones. It's not a Swifter. It's a Swiffer. It's actually a brand name. And the brand name is Swiffer. Two Fs. There's no T in the word. So anyway, yes, I hear way too many people call it a Swifter. And it's now used generically, which is cool with me. Probably not cool with the other companies who make similar products. But another word I can think of that someone I used to work with would say was particularly. And it sounds like a fun word, like you're talking about somebody that's ticklish or whatever. No, she was trying to say particularly, but she would say particularly. It's like saying battery instead of battery. There are just way too many of these words and I need to end now because here's my timer. Wow. I, can I add, can I, can I add to that? Yeah, I can't make it stop. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, you can now, you can add. Well, a I'm going to, I'm going to add to it, but I'm going to, I'm going to, so I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you both you and Evan a question and then yeah. that'll, I think that'll cascade into mine. So let's say you're driving down the road and somebody says, do I make a left-hand turn here? What is your answer? If it is, let's say, let's say you're supposed say, to make a left-hand turn. I'd say turn. correct. I wouldn't say right because that confuses me. You say ah, correct. That's my rant. Yeah. Everybody says, right. Wait, wait are you ranting? Because I got to time it if you're I'm ranting. ranting. Oh, this I'm starting your timer. You're a cheater, cheater. I totally cheat. Yeah, yeah I'm not waiting for, I'm not waiting for you. You, you just told me you two seconds you were ago. you're adding to mine. I'm going to eat into your you time work now. It two seconds ago. Now rant. all of a sudden you can work it? Wait a second. You said I can't get the alarm to shut off. That was slick. Okay, go ahead. It was. 44 that, seconds. That is my, that's my huge, that's my huge rant is that every time we do this, Every time I'm in the car, I want, and I always make a specific point, especially with my children to say, mm-hmm. correct or yes, please. Yeah. We're going to make, we're going to make a left here and it's not right because right would be the opposite direction. That's all I got to say about that. Oh, you got well, 19 seconds left. If you'd like to expound, yeah, no, okay. if you want to now, extrapolate. <laughs> now I feel like I need to chime in as far as um, the, the directions thing and you know, this is going back some years, but I used to have, again, with your driving and like, oh, do we go straight? And, you know, among me and my gay friends, it would be, no, we have to go gaily forward. Okay. So uh, Ted will not say, st- he doesn't say straight. He says forward. It, really? you, yes. Yeah. Oh, I need to, we need to talk to Ted. 
Where is he? Where the hell is Ted? I think he's downstairs. He probably That's knows okay. him. He be. probably Leave knows we're be. doing a podcast and he's hiding. Leave okay. Evan, it is your turn to rant. I'm starting the timer right now. What's your topic, sir? So have you shopped for light bulbs lately because it's out of control? I have spent way too much time in the aisles of different stores studying light bulb packaging. And I know we're supposed to be going, moving to these efficient bulbs, which I'm, I'm down with. But if your bulb is going to last 17 years, maybe you should like date first because you're going to have it that long and who knows how bright it should be, what color it should be. Um, and uh, it's just totally out of hand. I, and once you buy a bulb and then you decide you don't want it after a little, what, little while, what do you do with it? You have this bulb that still has 15 good years in it. So I don't know, you just put it in a box. So among things, you know, maybe I should get rid of are bulbs that are partially used, but what does one do with those? Also, I just feel cheated by CFLs. We were forced kind of into buying CFLs and who doesn't want immediate light? In my bathroom, I'm so annoyed by the CFL that's in the ceiling that I'm just gonna have to switch it out even though it's not dead yet. Okay, then your time is up. I need to add to the CFL thing. I hate CFLs with a fiery passion because first of all, they were supposed to last seven years, five years. What was it? Wasn't it like, weren't they supposed to last a really long time? Never, yeah. ever did they last that long and not for nothing, but it's literally a hazmat cleanup. If you break one, like why did anybody think that was a good idea? Hey, let's make some nuclear light bulbs and just put them, you know, I just, I always thought they were a bad idea. And ones you have to take somewhere to recycle because exactly. you're not supposed to put them in the, in the regular trash. Well, and you have to go put them in that little receptacle at Lowe's. And I feel like they're all smashing into each other when they get in there. It's a big metal box and none of it seemed right from the start to the finish. Well, I feel like we've all gotten a lot off our chest today. <laughs> I think so too. <laughs> hey, thanks for, thanks for being with us again, Evan, and playing along with our weirdness. I, apparently the hey, timer, I don't, I don't know how to stop this timer. Somebody help me. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you to Eric for the, the package with the many things. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it, uh, I hope it met all your expectations, Evan. I'm a little jealous of that swag bag. If I send an email, will I get something? <laughs> yes, you will. Send me an email right now and I'm more than happy to send you some swag. And that'll help you declutter. Of course. Anyway, reduce, reuse, recycle, everybody. We'll see you later. Thanks for being with us. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Don't forget, you can find us on social media, the Facebook, the Instagram, and the Twitter. You can also send us an email if you like. The Say Something Podcast at gmail.com. Boop, boop. Beep, boop.